Hello, welcome to Let's Talk Tottenham. Who dear, another loss. Uh, coupled with Arsenal winning an unlikely game. And now top four is bang, bang up for grabs again. Uh, we got Brentford away, which is not going to be easy at all. Uh, and the Christian Eriksen factor, you just know he's going to do something in that game. Uh, but we have enough to win it. And Arsenal have Man United and plenty more besides. Uh, two great guests. Hopefully Mark will be joining as well. But first off, Justin, how you doing, buddy? Yeah, yeah, not too bad. Thank you very much for having me on. That's all right. I've just got to set something up on my work computer. Uh, say that I'm at lunch. <laughs> uh, yeah, sorry. Right, OK. And uh, Hass, welcome back. You're on the uh, channel uh, that I was on, Tommy's uh, channel. Uh, on, Thanks, Chris. Uh, Monday, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, how are yeah. you doing? Not too bad, thank you. Yeah. Trying to piece together what's happening this week so far. <laughs> Audio artisan in the chat. How you doing, buddy? Thanks for watching. Uh, everyone else in the chat and watching, thank you so much. Please hit the like. Please hit the subscribe. It really helps the channel. So hit that notification bell. That will give you a notification. Completely free without you having to do anything when we go live. So uh, let's crack on. Has I know you, you've only got a limited amount of time. Uh, but yeah, so we'll start off with Justin. It's a must-win game now, right? This Brentford game. Uh, it was a game that, I mean, every game you could say is must-win, but even more so now, especially if, and we'll come to this a bit later on, Arsenal do beat Man United at lunchtime because then we're in fifth by the time we kick off. But, uh, I mean, what are your thoughts on the game? You, uh, I'm slightly worried that we might come to live to regret that Brighton game and not turning up. Uh, I hope I'm proved wrong. Uh, but what are your thoughts about this game now? Well, I'm hoping, um, I think it might be a slightly different game. Uh, I think one of the things, and I, I've, I've talked to a few people um, who, are, who are Brighton fans, um, and what they saw was was a very, very well thought out game plan that Brighton had come up with, which was to stifle the match, um, you know, slow the game down. You know, if they were down, you know, normally might be down for 30 seconds, they'd be down for two minutes. They would, you know, um, just everything that they could to very much disrupt uh, Tottenham's flow. And Tottenham allowed them. Tottenham allowed them. They didn't try and do anything different, uh, which was particularly disappointing after the um, the, the, the West Ham, sorry, the West Ham, the, uh, the Aston Villa game, yeah. uh, where, you know, they actually tried something different rather than trying to keep it to feet. They were trying long balls. They were doing different things. They didn't do that at all. You know, and I think the reason that this game will be different is because Brentford won't want to do that. You know, they don't do that. Let, let, let's be honest. They don't, particularly at home, you know, we've seen they're a very sort of almost play a little bit like Aston Villa will. Uh, you know, that they will want to be sort of, you know, man marking. They'll want to be sort of aggressive in their press. They'll, they'll want to get back on the ball and they, they will want to be very forward thinking and the other thing as well that we've got to be probably a little bit wary of is they've got a plan a and a plan b you know plan a very much is a case of that ivan tony is their focal point and they try and get it through to him to, to push the play forward but if that doesn't work they've got a they've got a, a superstar in in christian erickson so i don't think they'll want to play the same way as brighton you know i don't i don't think that's in their nature to do that to be fair, I didn't think it was Brighton's nature. I've seen a lot of them, and I didn't think that they would do that. But it worked. Maybe Brentford might think the same, but hopefully they won't. 
what we just have to make sure of is is that it as as um conte said i think a few weeks ago about this is a cup final that, that we got we got well we had seven cup finals at the time we're now down to to six cup finals you know and we've got to go out there because although it is a, a very small ground brentford i think it holds about fifteen thousand. um they're going to be they're going to be up for it you know they're going to be on our backs it's almost going to be like when tottenham had to go to the dell uh for, for southampton a very small ground but very much a, a ruckus sort of atmosphere you know and they're going to want to get on top of spurs very quickly very early on so they need to be up for it which is i suppose in a way hopefully will work for us because as i said not playing the way that brighton did maybe will suit us better and will allow the plan a and hopefully plan b because god knows where that was at brighton that completely <laughs> went missing really really did so yeah different game but we've seen games like this where we've completely crumbled this season so you know you can look at the burnley game where we stunk the place out and they got the win so it's going to be tough but i think it will suit us playing brentford as long as they don't do what brighton did against us um last saturday yeah and has uh we spoke about the uh brighton game uh, in terms of brentford uh, they're more likely to attack us than Brentford, uh, but they're on cloud nine at the moment. Absolutely bang on form. Ericsson, Tony. Uh, I can guarantee that Tony will get chances. <laughs> how many he'll get and if he takes them is up for debate. But, I mean, how do you see the game going? Um, let's put it this way. It can't be any worse uh, than what we saw last week against Brighton. Let's put it that way. Um, that game was just one that we just need to forget now. Um, with regards to Brentford, yes, they're they're on fire at the moment. They're on top form. Christian Eriksen's performing. Tony up front is, um, you know, arguably uh, when he's you know firing on all cylinders, he's arguably one of their most dangerous players. Um, so we're going to have to have our wits about us. I think on um, well tomorrow night, you know, we're going to be playing under the lights Saturday night. You know, their, their fans are going to be up for it and, and raucous, you know. Um, so it's not going to be an easy game. But we sort of need to start the game on the front foot. You know, uh, how many times we've started a game and just let the opposition um, get the better of us. And then we how can't get back into it. How many times do we say that as well? Start the game um, quick and we never do. We, you know, we just need to... Um, that first goal is important. You know, I, I know we came back from... Um, uh, when Newcastle scored that free kick, we came back and we won comfortably. But, you know, we seem to do better when um, when we do get the goal and then we can sort of build on that because teams have to open up after that. Um, Brentford won't be afraid to attack. That's, that's the way they play. Uh, a bit like Leeds. Leeds don't know any other way, you know, apart from attack. And um, they like to be on the ball. Um, slightly a bit more pragmatic with, um, with March in charge of them now but um yeah Brentford they're a very sort of uh they're a ball playing side you know they like to be on the ball they like to pass the ball about um press high win the ball back with Tony up front they've got that target man and Ericsson arguably hello hello Mark hello mate you're right <laughs> um yeah with, with Ericsson um you know they've got that um set piece master someone who can pass the ball and find your target man so, um, 
you know, the two in the midfield will need to perform tomorrow. Um, they were very subdued last week. Uh, ben Sakura and Hoibio need to put in a shift tomorrow. Um, the wing-backs, I don't even want to mention the wing-backs anymore. We've been through the wing-backs <laughs> pretty much the whole season, you know. Had we had any uh, decent wing backs, we could have been. It could have been a decent, different situation by now. But um, yeah, I think um, the other the other thing that we've got to look at is that Spurs, after a loss, they tend to sort of bounce back and uh, recover and and win the next game or either draw or win. But um, we haven't had two uh, losses on the spin for quite a while, so. Um, I'm hoping there'll be a reaction. Conte will want a reaction. And God forbid, you know, those players will not want to see, uh, you know, will not want to incur Conte's wrath after after last week. So I think we'll we'll grab a win tomorrow. But, um, you know, it'll be just by the skin of our teeth. It won't be an easy game. No, as long as we win, I couldn't care less. I couldn't care less if it's 1-0, only one shot in a game flies off Howard Kane's backside. It doesn't bother me at all. It's all about winning now. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, audio artist, Anne, how are you doing, buddy? Uh, we tend to struggle against three-man midfields, whatever the calibre of the opposition. And Alan Harris and Bobby Kay in the chat, how are you doing, guys? Thanks for watching and thanks for the comments. Please make sure you hit the like and subscribe. And, uh, Mark uh, has made a really good point on Monday's show that uh, Conte wasn't able to train the team or, or anything for the Brighton game because of the COVID situation. He's had a full week now. Uh, so do, do you see us? Do you see the, the Brighton game being a reflection of the fact that Conte wasn't there and maybe the standards of whoever coached, maybe it was Mason who, I like Mason, but he's not Conte, is he? Uh, so do you see, did you see that as a reflection that he wasn't there and we'll see a completely different Spurs yeah. uh, um, in this game? Yeah, I think potentially it may have had a, had a factor because we all know ourselves, if your boss is off work, you do... Um, <laughs> <no. laughs> I'm meant to be working now, by the way, so I hope I'm watching. Um, you do, don't you? you? You you take your foot off the gas a little bit, don't you, if your boss isn't around? We all do that naturally. So, you know, they might have taken their eye off the ball a little bit. You would hope that they wouldn't, but, yeah, it, it may have had a factor to do with it. I, I I know we spoke about it on Monday, but I do, I do just give credit to Brighton, to be honest with you, and the way that they set about their game, set about us to, to get the three points. I think sometimes you just got to credit the other the other team. And we just weren't at it, mate, from, from, yeah. from the first kick of the ball we just was not at it at all so yeah I mean uh, Alan Harris in terms of the uh, full backs hard to play with wing backs when the two we used last week at full backs uh, that's true uh, but we, we like I said we've discussed full backs until we're blue in the face uh, but one thing that is going to be interesting Justin is this game which is at 12.30 lunchtime on the Saturday so if Arsenal win that one we're fifth by the time we kick off uh, Manchester United against Liverpool were I mean, dreadful is being kind. Dreadful is being kind. It, it took until 80-odd minutes for the, the, the young kid, Hannibal, who got a yellow card to show any kind of desire in stopping Liverpool playing. Uh, but I, I was watching Ralph Ragnick's uh, press conference earlier. I've never been a fan of the interim manager. I think it gives too many players kind of licence to just not bother because they know that well, if he doesn't fancy me, the new manager in six months will. Uh, Harry Maguire as well, I couldn't believe this, had suffered a bomb scare at his house on Wednesday. Ragnick said he hasn't spoken to him yet. I mean, if you know anyone who's had a bomb scare or something like that, the first thing you do is pick... Alex Ferguson would have been phoning up before the police arrived. Uh, so I can't believe that. And, and 
I think part of the problem that they're not playing for the manager is is because of things like that, that he just doesn't care. I, I'm assuming he phoned up Ronaldo after what happened last week. Um, and yeah, I mean, we obviously don't want Arsenal to win, but I think for Ronaldo, I'd, I'd have been happier if, if he'd have had some time off to be with his, his, his partner after what happened. But it looks like he's available for selection and they're obviously a far better team with Ronaldo in it. So it's not a foregone conclusion now. But I mean, how do you see that game going? For me, a draw is, is the best result because United are still in this top four race. So dropping points, if we can win, that's two points gained on both of them. How do you see that game going after Arsenal's win at uh, uh, Chelsea? And uh, it's worth pointing out as well, a lot of Spurs fans on Twitter that I saw None of you guys up in arms that uh, Arsenal beat Chelsea. We expected them to beat Southampton and lose to Chelsea. So they've got the same amount of points anyway. Um, but yeah, how, how do you see that game going? And 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 at, on how it goes, how do you see that affecting us, if if at all? Well, the, the thing is, we've seen this where when it was the Aston Villa game, when, when Brighton won and we went and beat Aston Villa. So I do think it will impact on, on how we play because... The, the team seemed to have this quite, you know, insecure insecurity about themselves. You know, um, they can go and win a game like that, but yet, you know, they can't turn up for for, for Brighton and, you know, realise how important that this game actually is. It's, you know, I, I mean, I, I was stunned when I, as I say, when I saw Harry Kane at the, at the, at the Masters, I, I, I sat there and I thought, well, that's that's defining where your priorities are, really, in, in that sort of situation. And, and it showed because he looked like a guy who had travelled all the way over to the Masters and then travelled all the way back to then have to frantically train ready for a game because he didn't look ready for it at all. So We, we, we were discussing this on Monday and saying that if, if we'd have beaten Brighton, it would have just been brushed under the carpet. Obviously, it's been emphasised by the fact that, like you say, he, he didn't look like himself at all and we lost. Yeah, I, th I think if we'd have lost, but he'd have looked at his best, I, don't, I, th I think it would have been brushed under the carpet. I think the fact that he didn't look himself at all did not help. And I think it's clear that I can see what Conte is trying to do. He's trying to give them almost like reward them, but it's almost a definition of taking, you know, giving an inch and taking a mile because some of these players do just look like that they will take the proverbials when they get given the chance. And I think the problem that we've got is if, for example, Arsenal, which is what my worry is, is Arsenal go out there and absolutely tonk in on the team. That will have a psychological effect on on Tottenham because for some reason those players or a selection of those players cannot play under pressure. Um, and as I said, we saw it in the Brighton game when there was pressure put on them to perform, they couldn't do it. So it's almost a bit like what Has said: we have to score first before we relax, and that's not how it should be. It should be from the first whistle we go out there, we show our aggression, you know. We see so many times, I think Hoybier came out with a statement today, Lloris keeps coming out with statements every two minutes about things that are wrong, you know, issues that are happening. It's like, well, actually, why don't you just leave your talking to on the pitch rather than constantly doing it off the pitch? Um, so I am worried about that game. I think it will depend on what Ronaldo turns up. That, that, that I think, defines mm. the game. If it is the Ronaldo that turned up against us, turned up against Norwich, 
then I think you know, Arsenal will have problems because although... do you think do you think it will? Because I, I personally think after what's happened to him, an absolutely dreadful thing. Don't wish on anybody. You see, with all of these people who have, have bad things happen, football is their kind of saving grace. It takes their mind off things, so it could relax him, or he could just be wound up, which anyone can understand that. But yeah, I, I think Ronaldo. Let, let's not forget, this is a guy who is an exception to the rule of modern footballers. You know, most footballers <laughs> as his sort of age would be winding down. He seems to be getting better with with age. You know, and he's in. The, the, the shape of his life, really. So you could imagine he could still keep doing this for another maybe two, three years, really. And the thing is, is that it ultimately, you know, he's a model professional, you know. OK, he had that spat at the Everton game. But outside of that, it's very rare when you, you, you hear him having an issue on the pitch. It's normally his football does the talking. And although Chelsea were, were awful... They still scored two goals. You know, that defence of Arsenal's is not anything to sing or dance about. And one thing that I would say is that there were times in that game, although Arsenal won 4-2, there were times Chelsea, you know, really should have got back in the game. You know, it, it, could, it should, I think it should have been a draw based on the chances Chelsea had. Mm. Um, you know, and that's being generous to them. But they did have the chance to do that. And I think that's the thing. It's it's almost quite worrying when you look at Arsenal and you look at Tottenham. You you know the only real difference is is the colour of the shirt almost because the way that they play and the mentality that they have is very very similar. Because you wouldn't have expected, as you said earlier, Chris, you wouldn't have expected Arsenal to lose to Southampton, who just lost to Burnley, and then go and beat um, you know Chelsea away. So when you look at it from from that aspect. It is that case of, in terms of all three of those teams, it it just depends who turns up on the day. As I said, I agree with you, though. I think the best case scenario for us would be to get a draw because then that way, yes, they go ahead, but it's only a point. Um, and then, obviously, we can go to Brentford, you know, go and win that game. And then, you know, we're in a situation where the run-in, apart from the Liverpool game, isn't so bad. You know, let, let let's look at the fact that you know, we've got Leicester afterwards and OK, we've got Burnley to come up as well, who are now finding a bit of form. So, but outside of them games, you, you would really sort of look at it and think if we can, if that result can go, as you say, as a draw and we can get, a, you know, a result against Brentford, we are then very much in the box seat. But Tottenham have now been in the box seat for the last two, three weeks and we're still sitting here and saying, you know, it's up in arms and could they do it? So, you know, as I said, though, I think totally with what you said, best case would be a draw. And it, I think it will determine, it will be determined by if Ronaldo turns up. Yeah, a couple of comments from Alan here. Uh, with United and Spam, they need to start raising their game or one of them will not get Europe next season, although West Ham can rely on winning the Europa. And a question I'll put to you, Hass. Uh, do you think all our four of Arsenal's goals look dubious? I mean, they look dubious in the sense that it was god-awful defending that led to them. <laughs> but in terms of... Uh, I mean, I, I, was it was in Ketia, I think... I'm not sure if it was his first... I think it was his second goal that took about 74 ricochets and he was the only one moving. Uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, do, do you think they all look dubious? Or is it just a case of if the team you're playing is terrible at defending, you've got the right to take advantage and you take goals wherever they come? 
I, I think it looked dubious from the fact that the defending was awful. Um, it was non-existent defending. Let's take the first goal. Um, a misplaced back pass from uh, Christensen. And Ketia latches onto it. Um, you know, we could say, yeah, Mendy could have rushed off his line a bit quicker to get that ball. But ultimately, a mistake by the defence. Uh, the 75 ricochets. I think that was uh, <laughs> that was in Ketia's um, second goal, was it? Um, I think so, yeah. It was it was truly truly horrific defending. One minute Chelsea had the ball, uh, the next minute they lost control of the ball, and Ketia nips in, and then bang! Thank you very much. Christmas come early for Nketiah, um the other night. Honestly, all the goals pretty much gift wrapped. Um, you take uh, Smith Rowe's goal for example, Mendy. You know, it was almost like he was diving in slow motion to get that ball. It was a very um, clever finish, that one. It was a clever I, I, finish. I, I didn't expect Smith Rowe to hit it first time, but he hasn't yeah. really did it, has he? So, and, and a keeper of Mendy's quality, you'd expect the reactions, Look, like you say, to be a bit quicker than that. At, you know, beginning of the season, first few months, he was probably the best keeper in the Premier League. Yes. Um, and even I put my hand up to say, do you know what? He's excellent. Along with um, uh, Ramsdale for Arsenal, he was the one who was performing. Um, so for me to see that sort of performance the other night, it was just, um, you know, they didn't cover themselves in glory. Uh, let's put it that way. And then you've got the penalty at the end. The penalty at the end. I mean, I don't, I don't know what to think of it, to be honest. Um, it was probably one of the one of the harshest decisions, you know, I've seen in a long while. You know, it, I mean, I know it's up for interpretation, but... You know, it just uh, it just shows. Um, we see that at every corner, that that at every corner and every game. Exactly, exactly. You see that every corner, set pieces, and uh, for it to be given, just told you everything you needed to know about that match. You know, um, so yeah, you know, as dubious as it might seem, it was it was a lot. I mean, three of the goals were a lot down to um, the defending on the on the night by Chelsea. It's comical defending. Um, but let's not forget also they, they dropped a few of their players for this match as well. Um, at the back, notably, there was no Rudiger. Um, he's the one who ultimately, yeah, you know, whether you like him or not, he's been superb for them. He has been he superb, yeah. He, he's the one who sort of, you know, he's the enforcer in that, uh, in that back line. Silva didn't come on until later on. Um, you know, so they didn't, arguably, they didn't have their two best defenders on. Kovacic wasn't about. Um, Havertz wasn't playing so they had quite a few uh, key players out in the game um, Lukaku was non-existent so if you look at it it's almost like well okay we can afford to sort of um, you know drop this game you know it was just um, very very weird um, team selection from uh, from the manager from Tuchel um, yeah. it's almost like you know they, they were yeah we can drop this one we'll, we'll get third spot anyway win, lose or draw this one. But um, yeah, I think coming to the Manchester United game against Arsenal, I think that's going to be detrimental. Um, it's a massive game. Uh, with regards to Ronaldo, I think, you know, Justin was saying he's a model professional. He'll want to guide that team into a Champions League spot for next yeah, season. He, can, he will can you not want him, to... Can you imagine if he played in that Liverpool game? Uh, there's no way that the United would have had as little effort as they did because he he drags those players to better performances and at yep. least some kind of effort. 
I mean, yeah, he's he's the one player that shows real passion in that team. Um, there might be a couple of others, but he's the one who really stands out, who really, you know, drags his team out of the mire when it's not going right for them. Um, so I think he's going to have a, a massive bearing on the game if he starts. Uh, it's good for us. But, you know, on the flip side, you know, Spurs being Spurs, I can see United-Arsenal draw and then us drawing against Brentford and then we're still in the same position, you know. <laughs> we, we get we get presented with, with these um, golden eggs and then we just, it's yeah. like, no, actually, I, I don't want it, you know. But that happens with every top four battle at the end of the season in history. Every team seemingly doesn't want it. They keep dropping points here, there and everywhere. And then it's a who, who wants it, <laughs> whoever wants it slightly more gets it but uh, i mean mark in terms of the united game uh, uh, speaking to united uh, watching the united game i thought sancho was their best player he was the only one who got the ball he only came on at half time he was the only one who got the ball and looked to try and take trent on and, and make something happen mm. everyone else it was too we've said this about harry winks and our team in the past safe very safe very safe and then you know You've got to try and make things happen. So Sancho did. So I'd be surprised if he didn't start. McTominay, knowing from, uh, from uh, no, my mate Ben, who's a United fan, he puts effort in. So I think Sancho, and he's available against Sancho, McTominay and Ronaldo. If those three play, I think it could be a completely different United from mm. Liverpool. And also the fact as well that uh, obviously Ragnick was the... Uh, Interim manager, which I mentioned earlier, that that can allow players to go, well, he doesn't fancy me. What's the point as a new manager? Now that Ten Hag has been announced and it's it's 100% certain Ten Hag is the manager next season, do you think you'll see a different kind of United for those kind of fringe players? And Pogba's not playing. Ragnick has uh, announced that he's out for the rest of the season. So those fringe players, do you think they'll be wanting to prove something now? Well, the new manager's coming in. He's going to be watching this. I want to be here next season because this could be the start of the Man United revival. And then you see a completely different Man United or do you think they're in such disarray that if Arsenal get their shooting boots on, start off quick, it could be another Liverpool game? Well, to be honest, Arsenal don't really have shooting boots. So I'm not really too worried about that. I know they scored four the other day, but I think we've just demonstrated how they got them goals. One was given to them on the plate by Christensen with a really shoddy pass back. Um, I, I do like Smith Rose goal. I, I agree with you, Chris. He took that really well. But maybe Mendy on another day would have saved it. A penalty which was not a penalty. Well, I, listen. I disagree with you guys slightly. That I I would rather see Man United win this game, not because I hate Arsenal, which I do, but I think <laughs> if they if we win our game in hand, I know it's games in hand. We want points on the board, but they're a game ahead of us. If we win, we can be potentially six points ahead of United anyway. So I think if they beat Arsenal, that would actually help us because if we do beat Brentford, we're then three points ahead of them on the same amount of games as Arsenal. And whereas we're being a game behind United, if we won that game in hand, we would then be six points ahead of them. And I think United are in disarray. So I don't, they're not going to win every game to the end of the season. So I would be happy with a draw. I would personally be happy if United beating Arsenal. Because um, I think that they're our biggest danger for the top four. I don't think United are, to be honest with you. Um, so I don't mind United beating them um, on Saturday. But that's just my opinion. That's the way that I that's the way I've looked at it and thought, hmm. If we beat Brentford, we can potentially be six points ahead of United down the line. So, who knows? I think they'll come out stronger. You you want to see a reaction. They've lost to Liverpool. They're going to have Ronaldo back, who you've said, you know, he's their best player. He's one of the best players that's ever lived. He's just gone through a horrendous thing. 
Um, on the pitches where he does his talking, I can see him scoring in this game. Mm. That's the kind of thing he does. Uh, I agree with you on McTominay. I don't think he's a great player, but he will definitely give effort. He'll be all over. He'll show the passion at least, Mark. He'll yeah, show absolutely. passion. Yeah, absolutely. As you said, that young kid coming on the other day seems to be the only yeah. one to show any passion. Yes, exactly you know? what Guggenheim says here. He yeah. seemed to be the, the most spirited player to me. But yeah, yeah. I, I thought Sancho played quite well. It's just he that he's he's trying to play against who are possibly the Premier League champions. <laughs> trying to do it all on his own. It's not well, going to happen. Yeah. And, and... You know, let's be honest, Liverpool's going to clean the whole lot, clean up the whole lot, aren't they? Mm. Um, that quadruple looks pretty much nailed on for them. So, <laughs> yeah. but um, yeah, you know, it, it was difficult for Sancho, like you said, you know, it's not easy coming on as a substitute to try and change a game, you know, like, you know, against a team like Liverpool. It was never going to happen, let's be honest. No. But um, What do you make of quite a lot in the chat and there was on Twitter of uh, Chelsea fixing the game and letting Arsenal win because they don't like Spurs? For me, they're professional footballers, For uh, you know, they don't want to lose. You know, third isn't nailed on for them. And I, th I personally think the exploits of what happened in Madrid, I think just slightly delayed, have now caught up with them. And that's possibly why he rested a few players as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't, think, I, don't think they, I don't think they threw the game. I don't think they were going all out for the win, to be honest with you. Um, but we've seen that over the years with Leicester. You know, when Leicester were going for the league, teams were doing that. They weren't, you know, they weren't throwing games, but they weren't definitely putting in the effort as much as what they were against us, for example. West Ham will be the same yeah. when they play Arsenal because West Ham have got um, Europa League to play for. Mm. So I mean, you can't blame them. Like they, they're not It's understandable. It is understandable. It is understandable. Yeah. It is understandable. Because um, like, like I was saying earlier, you know, they, they dropped quite a few players. And, you know, it must must have been in Tuchel's head thinking, look, if we lose this, it's not the end of the world. Because no. let's be honest, they're going to get that third spot. Um, they'll probably batter the next team 4-0, whoever they're playing in the Premier League. West Ham, not, oh West Ham. Well, yeah, I'll take that back then. Uh, if it's West Ham, it's always uh, quite a close game. But um, <laughs> you know, yeah. Um, I mean, both of those teams are, are you know are fighting for something at least. One's one's Europe, and the other one's in a cup. So yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, Bobby K here says, uh, "I want to see Arsenal fans shut the fuck up celebrating last week like they won the league when we lost. Now chirping again since Wednesday. Hope they get battered everywhere they go." Uh, but like uh, Nick Collison said on here, uh, where's the comment? Let me go and find the comment. How are you doing, Nick? By the way, uh, let's not worry about anyone else apart from ourselves. We match the results and we have top four, and then that leads me on to top four is still in our hands. We we can afford to lose that Liverpool game, win every other game because of the Arsenal game, Justin, and we're stop top four unless, of course, there's some huge swing. In goal difference, which I think it's it needs to be plus eleven for us to be under the goal difference of Arsenal. But um, yeah, I mean it, it's just focus on yourself, isn't it? It is, but I think the problem is is that you know we we were saying that prior to the Brighton game, and then all of a sudden we saw what happened there. So I think the difficulty is is that in an ideal world, yes, we could lose the Liverpool game as you rightly said, we could win every other game, and and we'd be there, but. We've seen this season that that is not a given, you know, particularly with Spurs, particularly with Arsenal, particularly with Man United. They, they can pull out results that you wouldn't expect and, and win, lose or, or draw in ways you wouldn't have thought could happen. So I do think that, you know, we are going to be looking at that Arsenal-United game because of the fact that that ultimately, I think, will define 
who is serious to challenge us for top four because at the moment we are fourth. So whichever team does come out on top on that will probably be um, the main challenger because of the fact that the momentum that they will build from it, especially if United beat Arsenal at home or if Arsenal win and they go three points ahead. So it is absolutely massive. And, and yes, you know, we then go, can go to Brentford and, and we can do that. But we've seen with this Tottenham team, um, particularly this season and particularly um, in years gone by, that we have had to be reliant on on others doing you know similar things that we do because we're we're not consistent enough and there are too many of those players that are comfortable i mean i, I saw a report that 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 conte was looking at getting at least six players in the summer well i think that's minimum you know mm. for, for the areas that he's looking for because he's not trying to build over time he wants to win now so I, I think it is a case of that that these players almost have to, should now be using these six games to to decide do they want to be here because some of them are proving they don't deserve to be you know Harry Winks when he came on in the Brighton game had a monumental opportunity to to stake a claim as to why he should still be at this football club. And what he did was he proved why he should be nowhere near this football club. You know, Lucas Moore. For the hundredth time. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah. It, you know, it, it, it's that sort of thing. Players, you know, have an opportunity to try and prove why they should be there, even if it is to just provide competition. But, you know, when you leave Tottenham, you know, it's not, the grass isn't always greener. Okay, yes, we've seen it with certain players. You know, where they've gone off, won trophies. Obviously, we just saw Venetius win a trophy, which was lovely to see that another player gets added to the list of players who leave the club and go win trophies. But we have it's seen awesome it model. go. Yeah, you know, we have <laughs> seen it go the other way. You know, Deli Ali is a perfect example of a player who thought he's gonna go and revive his career at Everton, uh, and he can't get even he can't get off the bench. So, you know, the, the likes of Harry Winks. You know, a guy who was getting into the England squad, you know, really has got to think about the fact of does he want to revive his career at Spurs or does he at least want to put himself in the shop window? Because what I'm what I was stunned to see with Deli Ali was the fact that Tottenham just said, Yeah, go. Mm. We might get 40 million, chances are we'll get bugger all. And that is probably what they'll. Get I, th I think all. that's Conte though. That's a Conte thing. Yep. Pre yeah, previously, but... it's uh, I need the money that I paid for this guy mm -hmm. back. Whereas I think Conte is like, don't fuck about, get rid of him. Yeah, and that, but that's but that's the thing though, isn't it? And this is where these players should be realizing mm. that that yeah. if they want well, to, maybe, maybe they're just not good expert. enough, and maybe maybe Harry Winks is trying, and he's just not. Oh, good to, enough to, to be fair, I mean he's. You know, it is such a shame that Skip, I, I think, realistically won't be back this season. No. I think, you know, I mean, it's amazing listening to his interview that he'd been playing so long with an injury um, and yet was better than what we had on the on the pitch at times. You know, <laughs> I, I find point. that staggering. <laughs> Very um, good point. You know, so to me, some of these players won't be here and they need to decide if either... Do they want to try and be here or do they want a move that is going to be suitable for them? Because as it's turned out with Deli Alley, Everton has just made him go from bad to worse. Mm. So 
Well, I you think know. in a relegation battle, you need to be a fighter. I'm not sure Deli Ali's a fighter. Oh, you, to be fair, uh, the, the passion uh, uh, is gone. Someone like a Hoiberg or, or like you mentioned, a skip would be perfect for Everton right now because they're battlers and fighters. And mm. then, you know, but yeah, Daily Allen, yeah. not sure he's a fighter. He's a luxury no. player. They don't no, and, 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 and this is the thing. I mean, you know, you talk about like the um, the fact now that, that Doherty's out, you know, he's actually, he's put himself in a situation where although he's out for the season, the chances are he'll stay at the football club mm. because they'll look at it and go, he can stay because he's proven what he can do and he'll provide competition. But in terms of then the others, you know, Regulon, Sessegnon, uh, Emerson Royale, um, I can't remember which one of you said it, but, you know, or if it was in the chat about them being fullbacks, not left wingbacks. Yeah, that, well, that was wingbacks. in the chat, yeah. Yeah, but they need to d- decide, are they adaptable enough to be able to show they can do that or do they need sick pastures new? Because Conte has made it clear, you know, he's not going to deviate, you know. And one of the things that I do find frustrating with that is teams are starting to work out if they put three in the middle, you know, we seem to struggle. And he won't do that. He will not deviate from his formation. And the problem with that being is, is that it's great that he wants to stick with it and wants to embed it into these players. But some of these players aren't good enough to you know stick to what he's saying and he you know needs to sometimes be adaptable to that but you know we'll just have to wait and see what happens do you know what that might be? Because he has, he did, he has played a free a few times. He played yeah. was it Liverpool. We played with Son and Kane. I think losing Le- Skip. Leicester, Leicester, sort of, Leicester yeah. we had a three. I think we're, we've already said like Winks. We know now needs to move on. He's not going to do it for it. And I just think we're we're a bit we're so light in that in that area that I just don't think he can risk playing with three in midfield at the minute. Yeah. I think he liked. I do think that he would like to. I just don't think we have the personnel, unfortunately, to do it. Uh, but I agree with you. We do need to like change up a time. I just don't think we got the players, which goes back or, to maybe yeah, we need all the players he trusts. Yeah, all the players he trusts. Yeah, that are going to do the job that he requires them to do. So we're sort of stuck in having to play the two in the middle. Um, whereas sometimes I think he would like to play a three, but we just can't do it. Unfortunately, yeah. I mean, playing playing a three probably means that Kulu drops as well, though. Yeah, yeah, exactly. and that's, yeah. that's the other issue we got. You know, is. Do we have enough firepower? Yes, we do have enough firepower, but ultimately, you know, with Kula up there as well, it increases our chances of getting a goal. I think, so I think that's why when Conte was talking about, because they were talking about getting another striker, I think it was why it was interesting he said about wanting to get another uh, a number 10, because having a number 10 technically does mean he has that three in the middle. Because he has, oh, absolutely, yeah. you know, he has the one, he has the two that can sort of sit in and, and one that can drift off. So I think maybe that's why he's talking about wanting um, a number 10, because it gives that option to have the three in the middle. Yeah. Um, you know, and if Kulu is dropped, then then that, that has to be the case. Because ultimately, yes, he's done well, but if he has a poor game, then then we struggle. You know, yeah. simple, but, or any of them have a poor game. It's but, but it's unfortunately, a, Brian, it was all three of them. But if, if we get those players in, Conte will love that because it gives him opportunities to change the team, plan A's, B's, C's, like you say. And then, you know, Kulu's been fantastic. If he's dropped, you hope his mindset will be, you're not dropping me, I'm getting back into your team. And then that will automatically force the quality in training, the, the training levels and the effort levels up without Conte really having to do that much. so But obviously, like Mark said, and you've said, we don't have the players at the moment, certainly in midfield. But a couple of comments before we move on. 
Nick Collison, North London Derby. Arsenal getting smashed, top four, secured. Oh, what a night you play Thursday because you're fucking shite. You don't want to be tempting fate like that, Nick, at this time. It's still squeaky bum time, squeaky bum time. I admire the passion, though, Nick. (laughs) (laughs) I I think the North London Derby will be proper loud. And if we can start quick and keep the fans on side, that could be a hell of an atmosphere. And uh, Alan Harris, uh, I I disagree with this and uh, agree with you, Mark. I think West Ham, they have rules white up their arse. They're not sure they'll put all their eggs in one basket. I think they will with the Europa League because mm. the chances of them getting fourth is very slim. The chances of them winning the Europa League is a lot Free better game, now. Yeah. And uh, Justin, uh, ju- just before they uh, uh, beat Leon, you said on this show, they aren't beating Barcelona. <laughs> and Barcelona <laughs> lost to ha- uh, Frankfurt. Um, yeah, but so- to be fair, the interesting thing about that, which what West Ham have been very clever about, was Barcelona? I mean, I, I couldn't believe it when I heard it, but apparently no. Barcelona fans were selling their tickets to Frankfurt fans. So actually, there were only meant to be four thousand <laughs> Frankfurt fans in the stadium. It turned out there were thirty thousand. I mean, what fans actually turn around and will sell their tickets to opposition fans <laughs> for the sake of a profit? That in itself, I thought absolutely. Yeah. But I mean, West Ham have already come out and said that. They that will not happen, and if we find any fan doing it, they will uh, they will be banned. So yeah. I think that will be the difference there. But ultimately, I it's just, I mean I'm surprised with Barcelona, but clearly it looks like their priority was uh, to try and get into the Champions League through La Liga, which, which I think I thought they was very odd. But you look at it now, and I would probably say that the favourites for that competition are Leipzig, but. You know, we're, we've seen surprises all over the show. And West Ham, I, I agree with you. I think we'll throw all their eggs into that basket yeah. because... Well, they you know, they won't it, care if they finish 12th and win that Europa League. They won't give it. They won't yeah. care about that at all. Nah. And nor should they? Season. No, absolutely. And, and well, we, we wouldn't either, though. That's, that's, that's no, the way no. you got to look at it. And, you know? well, how many, well, how many times have we sat here and, you know, the club's ambition has always been to get into the top four. And yet, how many times have we sat there and gone, would you rather get in the top four and win nothing yeah. or finish 12th, you know, and win a trophy? Because we all remember the last time we won a trophy and we weren't in the top four at that point. Yeah, give, so, give, me a, give me a choice now, being in West Ham's position or ours. I'll take West Ham's every day of the week. I'll tell you now. And, oh, and, absolutely. And, and, you know, Leipzig might be the favourites, but as, as we well know, Anything can happen in the semi. So one one off game, games. one off game. And I mean, the away goals don't count now, which I, I think is a shame. But anything can happen. And beating Leon, uh, uh, I think it was away from home, wasn't it? Three 0 yeah. which regardless of how Leon played or whatever, is a big result and a, a huge result and brilliantly played. Uh, well, what was also surprising about it? Bear in mind, and Dombele got the the goal. Can't mm. even get the squad. You know, I've I've been keeping an eye on their squad. He hasn't got in the last couple, and he wasn't in the West Ham in the West Ham's you know squad for that game. So I was. I think he started. He he started that game, but he come off at half time. Oh, did he? I did. I didn't. I must admit. As far as I understand, Leon don't want him. So he was rubbish. Yeah, Yeah, he come off at half time. He was awful. He was awful in the second leg. Well, as I say, I think that the game that it was the game after then in that case Mm. where he wasn't in the squad. Yeah, he was so bad. That's probably why because he was so bad in that. You know, the first half of the second leg. Yeah, I mean, West Ham will be full of confidence and and why not? And and whatever happens in the league is a bonus, but they're, I yeah. think they're going for that competition. And, and yeah, I, I believe so. so as well. Yeah. yeah. 
And in terms of your comments about six in, uh, Bobby K says six in is just a start. We need at least eight, ten, need a big clear out. Conte must be given players he wants, not levy ones for the future. Big summer ahead. Uh, Gugmar agrees with that. And uh, questions about whether he'll let go of Emerson and Hill. I don't think Hill, Emerson, possibly. Uh, Nick Collison with the North London Derby. Friday, I've booked off work. Told the missus, I don't know when I'll be home. Please don't let me down, Spurs. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. But I think we'll win that North London Derby. And he also goes on to say, do you know what's funny with Champions League? Manchester City semi-final tickets on general sale versus uh, Real Madrid. I mean, can you imagine us in a semi-final? Uh, you wouldn't be out of uh, general sale would be banned because there wouldn't be any tickets available. And in terms of the uh, Emerson, uh, Bobby Kay, I think they both need to be loaned out to championship teams. Hill and Emerson, this is to learn toughen up about English football. And uh, Nick Collinson uh, depends on the docky docky injury with Emerson. Hill might not return, might return, but the Celso and, and Undon Fat Boy won't return. Uh, Undon Bele will if Leon don't want him. But I mean, let's move on. We've already mentioned him. Uh, some good news for Spurs. This guy has signed a contract, an extension to 2027. Absolutely superb. And and I mean, yeah, Hass, future Tottenham captain, as labelled by um, Mourinho. Future England captain, labelled by Sam, uh, put a lot of our players to shame. Uh, the, the first game he played, he was superb for Norwich last season. First game he played this season under Nuno, the Man City 1-0 win. Terrible 15 minutes, never hid. And then, I wouldn't say ran the game, but he, he completely held his own. He's just he gone from strength it, yeah. to strength. And he's been a huge, huge miss. Had we not got Benton Kerr and him not settled, our midfield could be all over the place now. So, I mean... And, and what that does, if he wants to play three in midfield or he only wants to play two, you've got three players there who are good enough to play in that midfield who will then fight against each other to get those two spaces. Unbelievable player he's been. And, and yet again, one of our own who's come through the ranks. If he carries on like he is in, in five years' time, could be 100 million easy and cost us nothing. Absolutely superb. And yeah. it can only be good news that he signed a five-year deal. At the end of the day, um, I've only got nice things to say about Oli Skip. He, I was mentioning someone else on on a chat yesterday. Um, Oli Skip is the future of this club. Let's be honest. Um, he captained on the 21 side. I've got no doubts that um, he's going to take that mantle at some point in the future. Uh, future Tottenham captain. The lad is Tottenham through and through, and that's what you want. Um, he shows passion. Um, he wears the badge with pride. When he's on the pitch, you can see the lad is everywhere. And the tackles he puts in, my God. I mean, it, I mean, they were that good that the ref had to, um, uh, you know, <laughs> upend him for some of those tackles. You know, I, I remember him putting in a couple of good tackles and thinking, well, why is the ref booked him for that? Why is the ref, you know, upended him for that tackle? The, the lad is mustard, um, let's be honest. And him signing uh, a long contract with us, Fantastic. Um, if Conte, you know, if Conte had to mould a player to his liking, I think it would be in um, in his shape. You know, he likes that sort of uh, swashbuckling player who can get in there, you know, get in teams' faces. You know, he's on you like a sort of um, a young Kante, you know, all over the pitch. And that's what we need, you know, someone who can screen that back four and um, just ease the pressure. You know, imagine him... Uh, if he was available against Brighton, you know, winning those tackles, winning those 50-50s in the middle and just springing, you know, um, 
the through balls and stuff, you know, it, it would have made such a difference. But yeah, I think it's a shame that he's not going to be a part of the squad this season now. Um, we've got to try and build for next season now. Having three options in that midfield when he's fit is going to be fantastic. Um, I believe we are in for um, another midfielder as well. Calvin um, Phillips has been linked, hasn't he? Which would obviously be good um, for the English quota and he's obviously been good, but he's been out for so yeah. long. It's going to take him a little while to get back to fitness. I think Calvin Phillips, he's, he's a good player, but um, yeah, like you said, he's been out for a while. He was brilliant that first season for Leeds. Um, second season, he's been blighted with injuries. You've got to think, will he make much of a difference to what we already have at the moment um, in terms of well, us having well, Oli Skip? Um, I, th I think it would be him and Hoiberg in that position, Benton Kerr and Skip in that position, uh, or, or or one of them misses out if uh, Conte decides on a three and then Harry winks as the... Uh, uh, well, let's just hope oh Harry's God, not the there next the, the, the only thing I would say with the Calvin Phillips situation is he's going to cost a lot of money, and I think your own Tottenham would only go after Calvin Phillips if they got Christian Eriksen because you know Christian Eriksen's a free, so and that that technically solves the number ten role. So it's whether Tottenham decide to go down that route. Myself, I kind of not not sure about it. I would. You know, I'd rather that they, they put that money perhaps elsewhere because, you know, a bit like what Haas was saying there, if you look at what Calvin Phillips would bring, and, and there's a comment that I completely do agree with. Bobby K. Yeah, yeah, I would. Absolutely. 100%. Cheaper. Uh, he offers so much more. For the people yeah. listening, that's uh, Bobby K saying, personally, I'll take James Ward-Prowse over Phillips tomorrow. I, I would as well because he offers... The difference there is... When you look at Calvin Phillips, there's no, to me, him and and Skip and Hoybeck, they're kind of similar sort of players, you know, whereas what you probably want from somebody in that position is someone who, if they've got the ball, can ping it this way or ping it that way or can take a shot, you know, and can hopefully make sure that Harry Kane never, ever, ever takes a set piece ever again absolutely you know absolutely. i love harry kane's bits but if i ever see him, if i see him next season over a set piece i'm, I'm just going to skip that bit because i know it's it's going to be a great conversion if it was rugby you know it's it's, it's what the commentators say as well well they've you know they've got a great free kick to harry kane's over the ball have they ever fucking watched him take a free kick because he never well, bear in mind him. when when hodge it was it was hodgson had him take the corners, corners. Yeah. You know, I've, I've, you know, surely you learn if you can't take a corner, how the <laughs> bloody hell can you take a free kick? So, yeah, I think he got a free kick recently. And I was like, yeah, I'll wait till I'll just go and make myself a drink. We stopped taking like, free kicks. Yeah, it's going to be dire who's taking them now. Have you heard why, Chris? Do you know the reason why he stopped taking them? Oh, I have no idea. Because apparently he's one more away from, if he takes another one and misses, he's got the record for the amount of yeah. um, free kicks taken. <laughs> Missed. No, seriously. Right. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think that. I did hear that. Actually, yeah. yeah, I saw that. Well, he's broken every other record, so he might as well break that one as well. well I don't think that's yeah. one he wants, has. <laughs> he could get a trophy for it. So no. I just add to all the other personal trophies. Absolutely. Yeah. But, 
on the Calvin uh, yeah. Phillips, on the Calvin Phillips, I would have ruled him out on his fucking dress sense alone. Personally, oh, you've seen his yeah, clobber. Yeah, let's, let's not go there, Mark. Let's not Honestly. go there. That's, a, that's another issue for. I, I, th- I think with Skip, uh, a few comments first. Alan Harris, I think Winks will be sold either Brighton or Southampton. Certainly, if we he goes Southampton, we'll have a swap deal with James Ward Prowse. And Bobby Kay, I hope what happened to Skip can happen with Hill. He's talking about the loan there. I don't have as much faith in Emerson. His football brain is weak to non-existent. That is the hardest thing to teach a player. I think you can still teach that, though. But in terms of Skip, Mark, he's 21, 22, maybe. But it's like he's 27 and been playing. You know, Like Has said, he's always in there uh, uh, breaking up play. But then he seems to know when to stick it wide down, down the line, quick ball. Oh, he's got a pass ball. on him as well. He and has. And it's football. I mean, uh, Bobby K there talking about Emerson without no footballing brain. Skip seems to have his with <laughs> have two, and and yeah, I, I think he could be if we don't get one. The number ten, I think you can mould him into that. Um, but he'll have a bit of a bite. But in uh, games where we need sit back like a man, he can, sitting, everything, you can have him a bit thing. deep. And and what a player we've got there. And and that loan to Norwich was probably the best thing that happened to him yeah. in the same sense that. Harry Kane, the best thing that happened to him was Tim Sherwood because otherwise he'd have been dragged back from Millwall. Player of the season at Norwich. Mm. Yeah. Whereas Harry Kane yeah. would have been dragged back from yeah. Millwall uh, when he the needed only... that kind of toughening up. And you look at Harry Kane now and... and... The, the only problem got... that I do think, just with what Bobby Kay said about Brian Hill, is that if Brian Hill is going to work, which I don't think he is because he has just not got the physique for it, you look at him against... Yeah, Kulisevsky, he needs a loan in the championship. He Absolutely, needs a loan with yeah. another Premier League team. This is one of the things that I do find frustrating with Tottenham is that when we get our loans right, it tends to be when we loan them to um, lower league clubs in England. You know, you look at what Troy Parrott's now doing at MK Dons. You look at what Keon and Tete's doing at Cheltenham. You know, they're learning their trade at a at a, a not a fancy sort of league. Sending Brian mm. Hill to Valencia to me, didn't make any sense. No. Not One thing I will anything. say on that, Justin, though, the player has to want uh, has to want it as well. Um, he's arguably come from a top league in Spain where he's been lauded as the next best thing over there. Um, he's come over to Tottenham, another big club in the top league in, in England, and then to be told, well, yeah. now you're going to be loaned out to uh, a championship side. I doubt he himself will want uh, that drop unless right. it's um, it's to another Premier League side, um, maybe a Brentford or someone like that, who's going to stay up. But, you know, he can sort of learn his craft in the league. It's not a case of, I mean, these Keanu Tete's and everyone else, yes, they're good, but they're, they're you know, homegrown players that, that, you know, they will go out to a championship uh, side or, hmm. you know, to lower league clubs. Yeah, he they, was signed you know, for... have. How much money? You know, there's a lot of money and the swap yeah. of the money. It was, it was like big, yeah, 40 million pound signing yeah. or something along those lines. And then... Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, absolutely. We can all I say... Yeah, we, yeah, yeah I sorry. The problem is, though, that, that I get what you're saying about where he came from. But the, the problem is, as we're now seeing with Emerson, you can do it in Spain because of the fact of it's a more tactical game. Mm. You know, you, you have more time on the ball. You know, it isn't as aggressive as as the English league, and and as we're seeing, certain players, and you know, unless they're ready to sort of you know get get it get stuck in and really go for it, which unfortunately, so many times we saw with Gil or uh, Hill, he was getting bullied out of the games and wasn't really able to get into him. And okay, maybe not a championship team, but there's nothing stopping you know. I mean, let's say for example, Fulham. You know, they're going to come up. 
you know, uh, Carvalho's going to, to Liverpool, why couldn't he'll go there and, and have a season to try and prove himself at Fulham, perhaps? That would be a sort of move that would make sense. But I don't think he'll be back. I don't think we'll see him. Did you hear Conte's comments after he went out? He was saying, you know, we've got to look at, I think he was having a little bit, bit, bit of a pop at Paratici, to be honest with you, saying you've got to look at, just because he's a good player in Spain, doesn't mean you can come to this league yeah, exactly. and do it. You know, I, I don't think, I think we could still get decent money for uh, Brian Hill. I think he's been doing reasonably well over there this season. I think he's one that will look to move on. That's just my opinion. And I don't I think, think him in the cell, so Yeah, I, I think, you know, it'll be sensible. I think he will still be a top player, but I don't think it'll be at Tottenham. And we don't play wingers, do we? He, he's like he's like your proper winger type. I don't see him as a wing forward from what I've no, seen. No, anyway. no, no. He, he's a winger. Wingers. Yeah. But, you know, when it... Just just coming on to... Um, since we're talking transfers, I think coming on to Emerson, uh, the wing-back situation, um, I think the one thing that we're forgetting is that these players were brought in before Conte come over. So they were brought in for a completely different system. Mm. You know, not, not for a wing-back system. And now, yes, obviously, we're trying to sort of bed them in as as wing backs, uh, trying to play them in that position. It's not it's not worked out ultimately. But you know, next season, if it, uh, one or two has to um, has to go next season. Uh, personally, I don't think Emerson's that bad defensively, but um, as a wing back, I'm not I'm not sure. I'm not so sure um, he'll convert to a wing back position. So um, maybe having him as a backup until he gets up to speed um, and then have another um, wing back, a right back come in um, who's going to take over that role and then um, someone on the left. Because if I'm being honest, um, Reggie hasn't convinced me. I know he's got his, his lovers out there, but he really hasn't convinced no, me. Um, so I think Reggie has to be another one that we should look at. I wouldn't be bothered if all four left has to potato. No, I wouldn't, but I can't see us moving on all four, Mark. That's that's no. the problem. It won't happen, but um, I wouldn't be bothered. I don't but think Reggie Reggie's got the Reggie's got the buyback clause from Real Madrid. If they say, Yeah, we'll buy him back for 30 million, take their hand, you know, bite their hands off, take the 30 million and invest it in a new left back. Um for me personally, I would get rid of Reggie. Seth would purely stay because um of the English quota. Um, and he's not bad when he's fit, to be honest, but he needs someone there that's going to give him competition, so, a, a natural uh, wing wing back. And also at le uh, right back, obviously Doherty come back, but, you know, you've got to look at age as well with, with Doherty. I think it's 31 uh, going on to 32 now. Emerson is a bit younger and I think he could, Emerson can be the understudy to whoever we bring in next season. I know you might say that's a bit unfair on Doherty because he's coming to form, but we don't know what his form is going to be like next season. Is he going to carry on like from where, where he was? You know, if if a good offer comes along for for that wing back position at the uh, right wing back, I think we should take it. We should explore it. Yeah. Uh, before, yeah, a couple of things uh, before we move on to uh, the game. Uh, I've got a work meeting at two, so I've got to start wrapping it up a bit. Uh, Bobby K, these are all from uh, set pieces, playmaker, gritty midfielder, workhorse, good injury record, never heard anything bad about his attitude. Talk about Calvin Phillips, but apparently a bit of a diva after the Euros. If we got him and Conte was there, he wouldn't be a diva because Conte would not allow that. And he also says, sorry, Chris, I disagree. Uh, no need for apologies. This is all 
Fine, all opinions welcome. Kane was helped by Levy. If he spent the extra one million on Benteke, Kane would have been sent off somewhere else again. Levy cheapness forced Sherwood to play Kane, and here we are. Yeah, uh, that's probably true as well. But how, how obviously a million pounds for us is a lot of money, but for Levy, it's not that much. How little tiny things can create huge things in terms of uh, uh, Kane there. And uh, yeah, whoever says things like this, Kane, the one season wonder. Uh, but yeah, we've talked about our midfield there. Uh, Justin, well, I'll come to Mark actually. Uh, this midfielder against us for the first time that I can remember, Christian Eriksen. I worry he's going to have a say in this game, but if we can keep him quiet, we should be able to keep Brentford quiet. Hopefully that's me being trying to be positive. And uh, I work with a, a Brentford season ticket holder and he said before Ericsson came, Tony was in all positions of the pitch other than where you really want him in the middle of the goal, in the middle of the width of the goal in the 18-yard box since Ericsson's come. Every time Ericsson gets the ball, Tony's in position for a cross to come in or whatever. And, and that's what that good playmaker will do, whether Ericsson will be playing there next season or playing for us or playing somewhere else it remains to be seen. But he's their key, isn't he, Ericsson? And, and it'd be great to see him back not against us and hope certainly not if he scores a goal or, or turns the game in their favour. But yeah, it's great to see him back. Just hope that we can keep him quiet. And we should know what makes him tick as a footballer because most of the players played with him and know yeah. what he needs to be able to... Uh, uh, not and the manager him, knows him. And the manager yeah, knows absolutely, him. Absolutely, yeah. you know, And even players that weren't there with him, like Hoy Bear plays with him at international level. So you would hope we'd have a plan to sort of stop him doing putting the strings really as we know he can do and he also gets all over the pitch and he's still doing that like he's come back from the, the heart trouble is he's still getting himself around so mm. yeah clearly they're danger man but they've got one or two others as well so you know we need to be alert all over the pitch not just on one man but it's, it's great you know away from football it's great to see him back mm. it's fantastic and yeah justin uh keeping him quiet is the key isn't it for, for tomorrow or, I mean, it's slightly I mean, unfair to Brentford as well. They are a good team, but obviously he's uh, really, really helped. They are, they are, they are a good team, but let's not forget, prior to him going in, they were sinking like a stone. You know, since he's been there, he has revolutionised uh, Brentford in the way they play. And I mean, I know we've waxed lyrical about uh, Benton Court at times and Kulisevsky, but to me, in terms of signing of January... I think it has to be Ericsson to Brentford because the way that he has changed that team's play and how they set up and, you know, he was, he's been pinnacle in terms of the points that they've got that have now meant they're fully away from that, that relegation because I think prior to that, they were going down. In my opinion, I, I was, I was starting to think that they would go down with Watford and, and, and Norwich. Um, but now after he's come in, I think was it, they've won four of the games um, I can't think of how many games they've played since then, but six you know, unbeaten, I think. Yeah. yeah, so when you look at the difference that he has made to that team, um, you're right, yeah. it's, it's none, it, it really, really is. So, keeping him quiet will be important, but we do have to get that. Don't forget, you know, that Ivan Tony can play differently. We saw that prior to him getting there, you know, they've got that Brian and Bremo as well. Bremo, yeah. he, um, dangerous you know you've got Norgard in the middle um you know good with breaking up play as well so they have got a lot of good players and their defense you know Pontus Janssen and Christoph Ayer you know that that's a solid centre-back pairing there so 
Thomas Frank has done an, an excellent job. Obviously, it'll be interesting to see whether they suffer like other second season syndrome. But for this season, they have done a, a sensational job. And he has been pinnacle to that. Because as I said, I think they'd have gone down um, prior to him being there. So Tottenham cannot look at him as in the guy that has got a pacemaker who, you know, he might not be at his best. He's, he's at his best. Mm -hmm. You know, he's had all that time to prepare, to train, to make sure his body's in the best shape possible. Um, Brentford have done everything they can to be looking after him. He's loving life in terms of there at the moment. And he's going to, you know, let's not forget, he didn't leave on the best of terms. So I, I'm not too sure. I mean, yes, OK, there is a talk of him coming back, but I think he's a model professional that that won't bother him at all. So Tottenham have to keep him quiet to stifle a lot of what Brentford will look to do. Yeah, and Hass, how do we keep him quiet? Is it a case of packing the midfield out, getting a Hoiberg or Benton Kerr, like you're sticking to him like a bad smell? Or is it just a team thing? So as soon as Ericsson uh, gets the ball, it's the press and, and we play with a team press. How would you be going to stop Ericsson in this game? I think we just need to close down the spaces because that's how Ericsson likes to operate. He likes the space in front of him. He's, you know, a master passer of the ball. Um, but we're going to have to watch the runners as well from Brentford. You know, they've got Brian Embuemo, they've got um, Tody up front, you know, who can make the run for uh, Ericsson's ball. So we just need to make sure that defence on the day do their job properly in terms of um, marking the runners and, and the striker and um, just cutting off that space for Ericsson to operate in. You know, don't give him, don't back off from Ericsson because if you back off from Ericsson, he'll just slot a ball through, he'll put get a cross in. So, you know, we need to um, shut him down every opportunity. As soon as he's on the ball, you know, you have someone on him. Uh, and this is a game where, you know, Winks, you know, we was talking about him earlier on, would have been perfect for Winks because that would have been his job. Right, Winks, you know, uh, sorry, not Winks. Uh, what am I going on about? Um, I was talking about Ollie Skip. Yeah, uh, Ollie Skip, sorry, um, would have been perfect. Thanks for you know. I was about to have nightmares <laughs> talking about Wings. That, that's, a, that's a major, major blue for that one, major blue. Imagine uh, Harry Wings. Um, but yeah, I'll put you know. I'll um, preview for you on Twitter, it'll be on Twitter and everywhere. Perhaps <laughs> yeah. this love of Wings. <laughs> Secret love, yeah. Um, but yeah, um, for someone like Skip, you know, who just would not give him any space to breathe whatsoever, you know. You're on the ball, right? I'm on you like like a flea on a dog. Yeah, I'm gonna be on you. Um, but that's what we need to do ultimately. You know, if you take out the engine of a car, it won't move. Same thing with uh, Ericsson. You know, if we take him out of the game, um, they won't operate in the way they've been operating for the last four weeks. So, um, it's not going to be an easy game. Let's be honest. But I still think I'll, I'll reiterate this from earlier on. I think we'll get the result we need tomorrow. Um, yeah. I can't see us having another bad game the other day uh, against uh, Brighton. So, yeah, Ericsson. I, I am happy for Ericsson, if I'm being honest. I'm really happy. He was one of my favourite players that Spurs. Yeah, same here. When we had him. I absolutely adored him. And um, it's, him it's, be... it's very similar to, to Brentford now when we had him. When he played well, we played well. When he yeah. didn't play well, it wasn't absolutely. there. Well, he was the missing glue, wasn't he? Yeah. At Brentford, you know, he was the missing glue. Um, and he's just put that side together with that signing. Um, Thomas Frank, I mean, he's pulled off a masterstroke, um, you know, from what Justin was saying earlier on as well. I think 
what he's done is amazing. But what Ericsson has done to come back from uh, a near fatal incident on the pitch that time um, and to repair himself and to be playing at, you know, at the highest level again, I think it's just amazing. It's an amazing story. So, yeah. yes, um, I will always be a supporter of Ericsson, but not tomorrow. Tomorrow, <laughs> um, we're all going to be hoping he has a day off or we just um, completely shut him out of the game. Yeah. I think for him as well, obviously, he's a footballer who wants to play football. It was very, very nearly, well, much more than football was very, very nearly ended. Uh, but certainly football was ended. I I'm surprised he's playing again, if I'm being honest. But Brentford gave him a chance, so he wants to repay that. And and boy, is he, uh, Alan Harris saying, hoping he has a cold. If he has a cold, you can get sued the fed, so he'll still be able to play those balls through. So that won't make a difference. Uh, but Mark... Uh, predictions for the game, personally, uh, you know me, I, I can't give the scoreline prediction because I am You're going to make me. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to make everybody, but, you know, I'm, I'm not doing it because I'm a coward. So if you want to be a coward, you can just uh, talk about the game. Um, I, I think we'll win because I think the game will be a lot more open because Brentford will want to attack. But it, like Hass, I think it was Hass said earlier. It'll be a tight game. It won't be like a 4-0 like the Villa game was. I don't think it'll be one goal in it, maybe it could even be a draw, but uh, key is stopping Ericsson playing and hopefully they attack, leave some space and Kane can do his stuff. And hopefully the Brighton game was down to Conte not being involved with training other players because of COVID and Kane going across the world and then hopefully back to back to yeah. standard now with Kane not having travelled, Conte being with the players all game. But It'll be very interesting what happens in that Arsenal-United game, whether that affects us. But like Nick Collinson said, just focus on ourselves and, and yeah, stop Ericsson playing and try and get Kane in the game. But I, I think we'll win, but I'm not going to give a scoreline. So, what's okay. your scoreline? <laughs> well, I think Man United are going to win 2-1. But I also think, I know, I'm not saying it's going to be easy, but do you know what? I'm going to go 3-0 Tottenham. It wasn't easy against Aston Villa, we won 4-0. So... Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean we, we say it's going to be a close game, but then if we get a goal, like Hass, I think, I think yeah, it was Hass I, I, said, they're chasing the game, and then like we saw against Villa, we can pick them off. I think they're safe. Look, mm. Brentford are oh, safe. Yeah. They've been playing really well. You know what happens when, or famous fucking last words here, but when teams are on them, sort of, <laughs> runs the they're unbeaten in six, right? Mm. I just think we need to fight for this. And I think Conte's the type of manager who's going to not let us dwell on the Brighton game and I think we're going to come out all guns blazing and I think we'll win 3-0 that's my prediction yeah, I hope so I want us to start quickly Justin uh, predictions and scoreline predictions from you uh, well I'm not as as optimistic <laughs> as Mark in either result um, because I mean I, I do think that the United game it will just depend if Ronaldo turns up because clearly we've seen with the others that you know, they can't turn up at the moment. I think the season's done. Yes, okay, maybe Ten Hag being there might change things now because they know who they're actually playing for. Um, so he's actually going to be watching them. And I think Ragnick will still be in the background. So that could have a change. Personally, I think um, it'll be 2-1 uh, to, to Arsenal. And I hate to say it, but I think we'll draw against Brentford because I think we'll, we'll put in a better shift but I reckon it'll be a 2-2 draw Interesting I mean that would be proper squeaky bum timer Hass, uh, for you um, Yeah, sorry <laughs> um, Yeah, Chris I'll make this short and sweet I know you've got uh, you've got 
work at two o'clock. So um, and I've got to shoot off as well. I'm going to say two one to uh, to United and two 0 to Spurs. I think as long as we win, doesn't matter what happens elsewhere, and and it's in our hands. Uh, I personally think we can get a result at Anfield. I think uh, we'll come to that uh, nearer the time. But uh, what we did at White Hart Lane, creating six clear-cut chances, I think they'll be a little bit wary, certainly that they're going for all four now and don't want to slip up anywhere. But, um, yeah, we just need to win tomorrow. Just need to win tomorrow. And then, I mean, you can always look at, oh, hopefully the results go our way, but you've you've primarily got to sort yourself out first and then yeah. look at results going your way. Um but yeah, and, and someone said in the chat, uh, we either play after or the same time as Arsenal from all the games now. But again, we do what we need to do. We win all of our games. We're fourth and it doesn't matter. And then whether that gets third remains to be seen. But uh, yeah, that's pretty much it for now. Uh, thanks all three of you for coming on. Uh, Hass, uh, especially, I know you <laughs> said early on, uh, I've only got half hour. It's amazing what talking about Spurs will do. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I knew this would happen. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's happened to us all. Happened to us all, I can guarantee. Uh, but yeah, Justin, All Things Tottenham is the uh, uh, YouTube channel you're on. Uh, where can yeah. people find that? Um, it's in the description anyway, but yeah. Uh, yeah, so basically it's on uh, YouTube. It's on all major sort of recording platforms. Obviously, I do this with yourself and do a lot of things with uh, Tommy. I think me and Hass have now just become the regulars on on, on Tommy's show on Sunday. So <laughs> hopefully this Sunday it'll be more cheerful than last one. Um, but yeah, as I say, definitely. But yeah, I'm all, you've got my Twitter handle there. So give us a yeah, follow. Yeah, that's in the description um, as well. And then obviously, yeah, anything to chat about Spurs, more than happy to do it. Excellent. Yeah, everyone's Twitter handle is in the description. Uh, Hass there, that's his um, uh, uh, Instagram handle, I think. Hass yep. Cooks Turkish 2022. So give him a follow there as well. Uh, no YouTube channel for you, uh, but one's potentially coming. Next season, right? hopefully. Um, so this season's a bit of a write-off. But next season, I've got plans for a YouTube channel. It's all in the works. So, yeah, 2022-23 season. Uh, keep an eye out. But um, you Excellent. guys will be the first to know. So, yeah. Excellent. Yeah, follow Hash hash has on uh, uh instagram there and twitter as wow. well and you'll be ooh, you'll be the second to know when that's coming when that's coming up the youtube channel mark uh no no youtube channel but a podcast uh where can people find that they they can't because we never do them i told you chris everywhere you get your podcast i've just let, texted... let, let me rephrase that uh, mark you do a podcast where can people find the backlog <laughs> everywhere you find your podcast i have just text mac to say should we do one this week so hopefully we'll put one out tomorrow um yeah but i can you can find me here talking to chris occasionally and on tommy's as well um so yeah it's good to, good to chat good to chat spurs with all of you and hopefully we'll have one out this saturday yeah, it's, it's always the Friday is the optimistic one, and then Monday is the oh, for God's sake, one. it's the dreaded day. Um, yeah, but yeah, hopefully, like you say, Hass, uh, win, loss, win, loss, win, loss. We've had so hopefully after this loss we get a win. But yeah, be back on Monday. That'll be on Tommy's channel, uh, Hotspur Hood. Uh, so make sure you catch us there, half seven, seven thirty p.m. UK time, and then we'll be back on Friday, usual time here, twelve thirty p.m. UK time on let's talk tottenham so yeah give both of those channels a follow uh please hit the like on this stream 
please hit the like and subscribe. Really helps the channel. Notification as bell, bell as well. That will give you a notification. Free of charge. It doesn't cost you anything. Takes less than a second. And you're helping a channel. You're helping a community as well. And and Spurs community, which is fantastic. Uh, so, yeah, it really helps the channel. Then go on to All Things Tottenham. Do the same there. And then go and follow all of these guys. Go on Mark's podcast as well. Uh, and, and, you know. Listen to podcasts from a happier time, which presumably isn't this season, because <laughs> apart from potentially on Sunday, hopefully talk about a win against Brentford. So, yeah, be back on Tommy's channel, Hotspur Hood, on Monday. Hopefully talk about a win. So until then, come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs. Come on. Spurs. Thank you so much for watching and to everybody who joined in the live chat. Before you go, please leave a like, please hit the subscribe button and the notification bell. It's all free and you'll be notified when we go live. Anyone who missed the live stream, you can still watch the replay on YouTube and any comments, questions or suggestions on the comments there. For anyone listening to the audio-only podcast, thank you so much for listening. Anyone who wants that podcast, you get that wherever you get your podcast from. Alternatively, go to our Twitter or Instagram page on the screen. We'll be back on Monday on the Hotspur Hood YouTube channel. Give them a subscribe. We're there at half 7pm UK time. We're on this channel, Let's Talk Tottenham, 12.30pm UK time again on 